that spousal arrangement, like agreement arrangement. I don't think arrangement's a good word. Covenant. Yeah. That is numero uno. Yeah. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real authentic and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. Here you'll find helpful information shaped by a biblical worldview on topics like sex, money, parenting, and so much more. We are Michael and Elizabeth, and welcome to the show. Thanks, you guys, for joining us today. I was like talking to Michael earlier, and I was like, what? We need a good name for this episode. And he came up with such a good one. I was like, ooh, yeah. yeah. Clickbait, baby. (laughs) Y'all saw that title, and you're like, whoa. Let's check this out. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, yes, that's a good one. That's yeah. a winner. And now, it's not necessarily a fun topic. No. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of like hit the, the major title. points. But um, yeah, you know, when we're talking about how to protect yourself from Splitsville, it, it gets pretty serious pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we want you to kind of take on some of this information. Don't, you know, dive into the doldrums with it, but just kind of, we're just trying to talk through some stuff get you thinking about potential pitfalls in the future. Yeah. And and kind of a disclaimer for us is that a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about today, we are we've not gone through and it's kind of more later in life type stuff. Well, the empty nest we haven't gone through, but we are actively implementing these things in our marriage now. Yeah, but I just don't want anybody to think like, oh, they're in their mid 30s and their kids are like tiny, what do they know about that stage? Yeah. So as we as we talk about that, I want to have put that out front that we have not gone through this stage we're talking about, but we've kind of done some research and talked to some other couples about things they do, how they implement um, yeah. these types of practices. Well, and there's biblical truths that apply no matter what stage you're in. So like whether you've got little kids or no kids, they're out of the house or they're still in the house, you know, it's um, these are things that help set you up for success and, uh, that's kind of the whole point of today's show is we we came up with kind of boiled it down to three things that we felt like were overarching areas that needed to be emphasized in order to have a good foundation for marital longevity, basically. Yeah. 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 And as I was doing research for this, I just got really discouraged, not with our own marriage, but some of the statistics that I was seeing that, um, you know, people in the baby boomer generation and the Gen X generation where their kids are grown and they're off doing their own thing, having their own families, where um, there's been an uptick in percentage of divorce in those two generations in particular. And that's not to say that, you know, oh, I'm not in either one of those generations. I'm safe. It's like, no, <laughs> the the threat of divorce can can happen to any couple if you are not proactive about protecting your marriage and giving it a good foundation. But um, yeah, it just kind of made me sad. Like, you've gone through so much life together. And then all of us, it's not an all of a sudden thing. But to someone on the outside, yeah, to feel like it. Yeah, to, to someone on the outside looking in, like you're like, what happened? And so, it just, um, yeah, I don't know. I just get, I got really discouraged. It's a bummer for everybody involved too. Like when you're a adult, you might even be married with your own kids, and your parents are split. Like, and then your your parents split. Then it's like that's got to be tough in a totally different way than having your parents divorce earlier. Yeah, a lot of hurdles. Yeah, for sure. 
Before we get into the the three areas that we want to cover today, we do want to ask that if you've been enjoying the show for a little while, that you rate and review, you know, whatever podcast app you're listening on. If there's a place to do it, um, please do it there. If your uh, app doesn't have a place to rate or review, you can always go to podcast or the podcast app for Apple and do it there. It just really helps other people find marriage talks and um, yeah, just kind of see what we're about. And it's also a really easy way to share the word. If you're not like a big sharer on social media, Um, this is just a really simple way to kind of boost us up so that we are seen by more people. Yeah. And same with reviewing. If you guys have been hearing a lot that you liked or some way that the information we're sharing has blessed you or your marriage, hit a review or like write one up and uh, give us five stars. If you don't have time to write a review, a little five star rating goes really far too. It does. It does. We so appreciate it. And if you're interested in checking it out, we do have a Patreon page. The link is in the show notes and it's just a community that we're trying to build with extra perks and um, just a more intimate setting with talking with us and chatting about maybe some more sensitive topics, but you should definitely check it out. Yeah. All right. So that's, uh, that's kind of our intro stuff. Let's get down into kind of things you can do to help yeah. prevent mar- uh, help prevent marriage. <laughs> help prevent <laughs> things divorce. You, things you can do to prevent divorce at any stage. Yeah. All right. Number one is, it sounds like the Sunday school answer, but it really is true. And yeah. that's why it keeps getting used. <laughs> but to just keep Christ at the center, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you've been to any uh, faith-based or like Christian-based um, marriage counseling, you hopefully will hear something to the effect of it's like a triangle and you got you and your spouse and then up is, is God. And it's really true. It sounds really cheesy in that context, but it's like <laughs> if you don't have the truth, the real truth and the whole truth, yeah. um, everything else is just, is flexible and that's just not, not great. So, yeah. Well, it makes for a very shaky foundation. Yeah. Because you're you're placing a lot of your uh, beliefs on something that is constantly changing, um, whereas setting it on Christ is the only solid foundation. And when the ways that you can keep Christ at the center is by doing your you know your devotions and spending a lot of time in prayer and having good community. Um, surrounded by other believers. And it's, it, that has been something that Michael and I have been intentional about in the past handful of years. Um, you know, we were doing it before, but like really being like, okay, we need to get more serious about this and make, making it like a super priority has really, done a good number on our marriage, like really transformed it in such a beautiful way. And it has brought us together so much. And that's not to say that we don't fight. We do. (laughs) have difficult conversations because we definitely do. But the neat thing is, is that it's like, okay, how do you recoup from those before we would have just been like, arguing and not being on the same page. And then like, usually it would have been like Michael giving in to whatever it is that I said, because I just wore him down enough. And he's like, I just don't want any more conflict, (laughs) but we're not really growing from that. I've just talked his ear off so that he gives in. 
He mm-hmm. just like screams uncle, you know? Yeah. I don't have the longevity fighting bone in me. <laughs> no, whereas I could go a lot longer, but you know, it's humbled me and silenced me. Like you need to stop talking and you need to hear your husband and his heart and allow him to voice those things. And it, it's just really brought a lot of beautiful reconciliation as far as like when we do have a disagreement or we do, um, you know, expose some like really gross, like sinful things because all that stuff just affects your marriage. But it's just kind of how you work through those when you keep Christ at the center is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I do want to say before we move on to number two is when, when Michael and I are intentional about, our walk with the Lord, like as individuals, um, it sets a really good example, not only for each other, um, to encourage each other, but also for our children, because you lead by example, no good leader ever just like dictates things and says, do, 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 do. And then never does anything like those are people that were like, okay, practice what you preach, buddy. And you just don't want to hear from them anymore. But when you lead by example and you're, you're, we are like trying our best to show each other, you know, what it looks like to be humble and to sacrifice and to put the other, other person and then our children first, like it's encouraging to me. And when I see Michael doing that and makes me want to like, okay, I need to step it up. I kind of like lost it there for a couple of weeks and, or like, you know, show kids are so quick to imitate, right? Oh yeah. Very slow to listen, but very quick to imitate. And when we lead by example, um, I can't tell you how many times I've asked my kids for forgiveness. You know, we should be quick to ask for forgiveness. And it's so sweet when I see them then do it on their own. Yeah. I actually asked tonight two times. (laughs) (laughs) Different kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing when you can ask for forgiveness. Um, It's also a really great witnessing opportunity because remember, especially if you have small children and they're not believers, they're sinners. (laughs) So we should be, we should be witnessing to them and showing them a uh, good example, but yeah, hit him with number two. Okay. So, um, precursor to number two, this may sound really controversial if you kind of take it mm. with your initial reaction, like what? That's not right. But kind of listen to, listen to it first and then uh, make your assumption later. All right. So number two is to value your spouse above your children. Yes. It's, I feel like that's culturally not appropriate to say. You're um, correct. <laughs> in fact, when I first saw it on our, when we were writing our notes, um, Elizabeth did that part. Um, um, let's be honest. She does a lot of the show notes. <laughs> I kind of ad lib a lot, but, um, I was like, Ooh, that's going to, that might ruffle some feathers, but that's not always a bad thing. Cause it gets you to kind of stop what you're doing and kind of think about it. Like, yes. Do I actually like children are a blessing from God? Absolutely. And our, our three mm-hmm. soon to be four are the absolute best. But if you go by what the Bible says and how it sets up a marriage covenant, that person is your number one forever. Mm-hmm. The kids add to the family and they're super duper important. You should you know, protect them at all costs. But that spousal arra- like agreement, arrangement, I don't think arrangement's a good word. Covenant. But yeah. That is numero uno. Yeah. That's why we're really big on 
um, having date night. We do it weekly. We did not prioritize it for the longest time. (laughs) And it really affected our marriage in a negative way when we did not prioritize that time together each week. Some weeks we get a couple of like stay at home date nights, which, you know, we, we adjust. We're like, man, I just, I just really feel like we've been running on, you know, empty and we just kind of need to like chill. Let's have a couple of nights where we just like hang out, we connect, but yeah, we are, that's why we're big on date night because if you like, we, it's in our schedule every Friday, it's going to happen. If for some reason, like a conflict comes up, we then move it to like a Saturday. Yeah. If, but, if there's a birthday party or gathering, we'll just do a makeup on right. Saturday. But it will happen. Yeah. At least weekly. once that week. <laughs> and and one of the actually best things about COVID and lockdown was that our date nights increased by a lot. Yeah. That's been really nice. We're just, I think everybody learned that just to slow down, not value yeah. busyness as much and value a little bit of slowness more. We just recently went on a date night. We had like almost a full 24 hours without the kids and we had not gone out and had a date night in a very long time. Um, I think it was at least to your birthday. Is that the last time we went out? I honestly have no idea. Your birthday is in March. So I think we went out to dinner and that was the last time before last weekend that we, we were able to go out, which doesn't necessarily bother us so much, but it it was just really nice to be able to kind of switch things up. But yeah, valuing your spouse over your children. I know that some people might not like to hear that, but don't take it up with me. Take it up with God. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's the example. Like that's when we're talking about setting yourself up, like how to avoid the emptiness divorce. Like if we poured everything into our kids and nothing into our marriage, we aren't going to know each other when they leave the house. Yeah. I think that's the best example. If you kind of prickle up at that point, that would be a good example to like, think about that. Like if you only give everything to your kids and you're husband or your wife kind of gets sent to the wayside often for years, then when that last kid leaves the roost, it'll be, it'll be tricky. You won't really have any foundation built up and there will probably not just be a little bit of apathy, but a lot of resentment Mm. or you've already found, you know, a couple other hobbies or people that have given you attention. And obviously that's no good either. Right. Yeah. It's, you would, I think, I think some people just assume like, oh, once the kids leave, then we'll just kind of like pick back up and everything will be as it was, or it'll be normal or like, we'll be fine. But it's a big adjustment. Um, I like every person that I've talked to every couple that we have approached, like, what was it like when your kids left? Like they all say it's, it's difficult and you are relearning a lot of things and you're like, it totally shakes up your reality because truly you are spending a lot of effort and time in raising your kids as you should. But when, if you neglected your marriage and then all of a sudden your kids are off doing their own thing, you forget how to love your spouse. You forget how to serve them. You forget how to have a strong marriage and it's just not something that like 
it's not like riding a bike where all of a sudden you're, you can just pick it right back up in five minutes. Like if, if over that course of a couple of decades, you've prioritized your kids and not your marriage, like Michael said, there's a lot of resentment that can be built up. There's a lot of space for an affair to happen a lot because if you're not paying attention to each other, you want to find that attention somewhere. Yeah. Everybody craves it, whether you admit it or not, like you're going to crave it. And if there's a vacuum there, you're going to feel it somehow. Yeah, for sure. So it's, I know that it sounds like Michael said, controversial to how, you know, I'm sure this is not a new way of parenting where you just pour into your kids and you make parenting decisions as such. But, you know, we are now, Michael and I are now like seeing it because we're, we're parents, you know, for six years. And so we're seeing like how other couples are doing things. And to us, so to us, it's new is my point. Like, I think in each generation, it, it had its own version of that. Um, and so you just, you, you just have to be careful of the decisions that you make and really prioritize your spouse over your children. And we're not saying like, don't pay attention to your children. You just, that, that marriage has to be more important. Yeah, it should be it should be on the top of your list of things to consider, think about, and cultivate. And I think it's worth saying, it's kind of an echo, I guess, of what you were saying, but even if you're doing it well, your kids will take up a ton of your attention and time. Mm. That's just by default. They should. They should take up that's your one of your big focuses is making sure you do that right together. Um, but you can't neglect the first part. Right. And that, that actually brings up, um, you know, like we're about to enter into for the fourth time that new baby infant phase where I'm nursing all the time and they need everything. Like I really try my best for our other three as they get older to equip them so that they have some level of independence and they can do things for themselves and really, Um, it really, it takes things off my plate. And so we've hit kind of a sweet stride where they can do things appropriate for their age, which is great. And we're going to now have a new infant. So a lot of my time will be with the new baby. And so I was not good at that balance the first time around. And I think I was a teeny bit better the second time around. And I was more cognizant of it the third time around. And so now just learning from, I guess, my mistakes, it's going to be interesting to see this new season with an infant, but then three other children for how we can, um, how we can really prioritize each other and knowing full well that this is just a season. So we're not going to have an infant forever, you know, like this child will grow Lord willing and. And he will become independent just like his other siblings. But, um, you know, you do go through different seasons where they need more and less of your attention depending on their age. Yep. Okay. Then that moves us on to number three, which is to raise them up as they should go. And we're talking about kids, um, setting that example for them, teaching them biblical instruction, um, really guiding them 
in the way in like the biblical direction that we feel called to as parents. We, I mean, we take that biblical call raising your children very seriously, which is a big reason why we homeschool, um, among some other reasons, but it's just been such a blessing. Like I really, really love homeschooling, even on the days where for it takes, you know, one of our kids an hour to write his Bible verse, which is like seven words long. Jesus wept. (laughs) It's like, okay. All right, Lord, give me divine perseverance. But, um, it will definitely be challenging and it will be challenging for the rest of our homeschool, you know, time, but it's just not something that I want to outsource. Like we, we feel called as a unit to say, Hey, we're going to do that. And, and it's just been such a wonderful thing and just has provided so many opportunities for us. And, um, and that's what works for us. So that's, that's the way that we see our family unit. Um, but really investing in, in your kids as far as teaching them those biblical truths. And like, like I said earlier, lead by example. Um, you know, it, it really does like your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your spouse is going to dictate really how they grow up, how they view marriage, how they view their relationship with the Lord. And, you know, through doing that, you could either set them up for a generational curse, like a divorce or a dysfunctional marriage, or you could set them up with a generational blessing where you stay, we are going to fail because we're humans, but we stay committed to that call. And we, when we mess up, we apologize and we repent and, you know, really doing our best to keep trying and to keep asking the Lord for help. Um, I think is just the biggest thing. Yeah. It's hard to add anything to that. Honestly, you kind of hit everything (laughs) I would have said, I would just say a bunch of the same stuff, but yeah, it's, it's, you are, you are the example in your house. If you have kids, hopefully if you want kids, you'll get to live that out and you can kind of show them what a healthy marriage looks like. And it takes everyday work every hour, really. Yeah. Cause it, it slips away fast. <laughs> We're just, it just apathy is very, very powerful. Oh, There's uh, yeah. so many distractions. It's not even funny. And we fall prey all the time to our phones and iPads and HBO max, you name it. But you can really make an impact in a young one's life so that when they get their turn to have their marriage start from day one with kind of a healthy idea of what they should be looking at 50 years down the road. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, you know, like we said, to recap, number one, keep Christ at the center. Keep cultivating that relationship with him. Number two, value your spouse above your children. I know that it may rub some of you the wrong way, but it's true. That covenant is more important than your children. And that doesn't mean that your children aren't important. You just, you have to pick one. And that's going to be evident in, in how you live your day-to-day life. So are you making more choices that curate your children or are you making more choices that curate your your marriage, which is a good, um, what is it? Litmus test. Litmus. Litmus test. 
um, you know, it's a good heart check really to see where you're at. Cause Oh my goodness, I've been there. That was, that was a really hard season for us when I was there. Um, and that's not to say one dies on the vine. If you pick one, Yeah, they both, they both will thrive if the priorities are correct. Yes. Yes. And then number three, raise them up in the way that they should go, you know, steer your children, help teach them, be an example to them, love them well. Um, which brings us to our challenge. So, and I'll hit him with a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. All right. In the next seven days, sit down with your spouse and take inventory on whether or not you've both been successful at the three steps. Yeah. So basically check out the episode you just did <laughs> and then uh, just have a good conversation uh, yes. whether you guys are kind of in the same priority or whether you guys are missing each other. Yeah. And no shame. Just, Hey, check in. Yeah, How honesty. are we doing? Let's help each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's see where we need adjustments. Let's see where we, you know, are doing okay. That type of thing. So all positive, productive conversation. Don't, please don't beat your spouse down. <laughs> All right, guys, with that, um, that's another episode. We yeah. will look forward to talking with you guys next Monday. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We always appreciate it.